So what do you think is one thing that's holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Not calling people enough. Thinking yeah, the phone is, you're just going to get the phone ringing for any particular reason. And that's not true. You need to initiate stuff. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Today on the show, I have Brad Neems. Brad's a mortgage broker from Ottawa, Ontario. Been in the mortgage business for 17 years. And Brad was actually one of our very first coaching clients for our original program called the $25 million Blueprint. And that program was the one that kind of started everything for us and and, um, really helped us with helping our clients. So in this show, Brad shares how he was literally stuck at 10 10 to 12 12 million a year for over a decade. Uh, But in the last three years, he's gone from 12 million in production to 29 million, which is absolutely awesome and astounding and great for him. And so he shares a little bit about how he did that. And, you know, a couple things I love about Brad. First, I love that Brad, you know, he admits he's 55, which is not that old, but he is adopting technology to improve his customer experience. And I know people that are younger than that that don't want to adopt technology, but Brad is absolutely embracing it in order to create a better customer experience. I also love that Brad is just so sincere. He's really a salt of the earth kind of guy. What you see is what you get. There's no fluff. And I just love that about Brad. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Brad. But before we get started, though, I just want to talk to you about a uh, program we have coming up called our $25 million Blueprint. It's our signature program. It's a six-week program that you don't have to travel to to attend. It's all done virtually. And really, I would have to say, if there is a sweet spot that we have in the mortgage business, is exactly Brad. It's somebody who's at the $10 to $12 million a year mark, and they're kind of stuck there. And they're like, hey, how do I get past it? We've had a disproportionate amount of success with clients like Brad. And so if that's you, if you're sitting here going, Scott, I want to go to 20, 25 million, we would love to have you check out our program. The whole goal of the program is to show you how to, to fund 25 million while working five to six hours a day. So we got to increase the production and then decrease the hours that you put into it. So if something that you'd be interested in to you, check out get25million.com. That's get the number 25million.com to get an invitation. And thanks for checking out this episode. Hey, Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on the show today. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business. So I've been an agent now for uh, 17 years with Capital Mortgages. I actually started in restaurants. And from restaurants, I went into sales. I actually got headhunted into chip reverse mortgages a really long time ago. And And then so what transitioned you from reverse mortgages into like being a normal mortgage broker? How long ago was that? That was 17 years ago. I was spending so much time educating people in the banks about reverse mortgages. They started asking me like regular mortgage questions. And I was like, well, I can answer that. And I thought about it afterwards. And I, well, if they don't know the answers and I do, then maybe I should look at this. And And do you still do many reverse mortgages? You know what? I hardly do any anymore. I did it for two and a half years and you know, I was really good at it. It's a growing trend and it will come back strong. Especially with the boomers and the sort of aging population and... Oh, you or I probably will have one. <laughs> right. This is a good point. But maybe I have one already. Like, maybe you don't know this. <laughs> You're not 55 yet, Scott. I know. I'm, I'm 45. I feel like I'm 35. There was a 10-year period, I think my 20s, where I completely missed everything. So I'm really... I'm 45, but I feel 35 because well, my 20s were right off. I'm the same way. Yeah. But I'm okay. 54. So question for you. So before we dive into your story, I love quotes... And I have them on my walls and I love how they're portable and memorable. So is there a quote that's really had an impact on your life or business? It's one quote that I came up with. I wrote it myself and I still think about it every day. Whenever I have a lull, 
It's what are you doing today to make money for tomorrow? And I don't That's know good. where I got it. I yeah. have no idea if I just made it up myself. But what are you doing today to make money for tomorrow has been classic in everything I think about. And then, so give me an example of how you've applied that or how that quote helps you stay focused on growing your business. Well, it's really easy. You get a lull in the day and all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, I'm not working very hard today. Maybe right. I should find something to move forward on or do some planning or book some meetings with clients or realtors. It gets me focused again. Right. Okay. Being a mortgage broker and being in business, there's always failure, but there's looking back, there's always a lesson in the failure if you take the time to look at it. So can you share something that you failed at and then the lesson that you learned? It wasn't really a failure. It was more of a hitting a plateau and not figuring out how to break through that barrier. And I was a happy guy, you know, making about a hundred a year, life is good. And then I'm start, I started watching people pass me and I realized that I was being complacent. People that would have been in the business shorter period than you? like Oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 All of a sudden, there were like younger guys that were like freaking flying past me. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And then that time horizon kicks in about how much longer you want to be in the business. And you, you really have to reevaluate yourself and think about that. So then one day that all changed. Yeah. You had this feeling that you were like, hey, I could be doing more. I'm kind of doing okay. So then what shifted or how did you actually get through that? What was the thing? that made you decide to make a change in that? August, 2017, when you sent out that first email for that first Toronto uh, school. For the that we $25 million had. blueprint program. Okay, yeah. yes, right. That was the very first program that we ever created. And so yeah. kind of the genesis of everything else that we've done. Okay, so how has over the last few years now, so it's been three years, how has that helped or affected your business? From that year to this year, my sales have doubled. They've increased between 25 and 30% each year from that year. It's been amazing. Which is super cool. But the thing is, Brad, at the end of the day, you're doing the work, right? Like, so you, you made oh, yeah. the, the first thing is you made the commitment. You're like, okay, I got to find, I'm stuck at this volume. And I don't know if you're, are you okay sharing your volume or do you want to just yeah, talk that's about percentages? Fine. So what that's were you, fine. where were you when you started? And then where are you right now this year? For about 10 years, I was a constant 12 million, $13 million guy. This year I'll finish with $29 million. Right. Which is like, Fantastic. And now you have a new set of problems, though, don't you? What is the new set of problems that you've now, you've hit this new level? What would you say is your problems that you see? Well, you hit a new glass ceiling. Right now, I have one full-time assistant. She's not licensed and uh, she's not an underwriter. And I'm at that point where I need that person. I need that front-end person to start taking applications and doing the underwriting. Right. Just to help you get a bit more bandwidth. So because yeah. right now, like how much time would you say you have for prospecting? Well, it depends on the time of year. In the summertime, I don't have any time for prospecting. It's just slowed down a little bit now. So I can dedicate a whole lot more time. But it's that whole lag and effect situation you get into where yeah. you're supposed to be prospecting when you're busy, when everything, you know, you got to be beat in the bushes when it's busy. And so that's when I need that other person, that third person to take the applications, pick what documents the client has to provide us with vet those documents, pull the credit report, put the file together. And right now, that's still me. That's all on you. Yeah. And then there's no time to go out and continue to grow. So that's good. Okay. So I always think about your business as three key areas, leads, teams, and systems. And so in terms of systems, what's a system improvement or change that you've made in the last 12 months that you're like, hey, I'm glad I did this. I'm just curious. I went from uh, using Trello, which was great. You taught me Trello, to jumping into using Door. 
Door has been amazing. The way you can code and follow up and send out reminder emails, but even more so, like there's so much more to it. You can request bank statements and request T4s and notice of assessments and statement of assessments as well. Do you use, is, how often do you use that part of the service? Oh, when it's busy, probably three to four times a week. Right. So it's yeah. also creating less friction for the borrower because they're having to provide. I mean, it seems like nowadays they want everything but a blood sample, DNA test, paternity test, yeah. pee in a cup. And yeah. so if you can reduce some of those requests, it makes the loan process less onerous for the borrower, right? Cool. Because when I hit them with that list of 20 different documents, yeah. and sometimes it's higher, they immediately back off and they go, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. But if I can right. remove some of that pain, if I can make that stress go away and reduce some of those objections by just here, just authorize this and you'll be fine. And so by doing that for bank statements, by doing that for the uh, CRA documents, it really takes a lot of pressure off the client. Yeah. And people don't realize like, yeah, I, I think if you just put yourself in the borrower's shoes, you're always going to, whatever that process is, whether you use something like door or other services, just reducing the friction is good for your borrower. That's good. Okay. So what, in terms of like your sales process, so what have you in the last year changed or improved in your sales process? Well, with Door, you get to do a lot of automated stuff. You get to put in a lot of reminder emails. This podcast brought to you by Door. No, just kidding. I know. <laughs> I know. But, you know, they've been amazing. And I, but I, I bug Ali all the time, you know, can you make it do this? Can you make it do that? I don't know. Just the, all, the, all the other, uh, like using Calendly, using Lender Spotlight, all the digital tools that we can use. Purview is a big one that I use a lot too. I'm on Purview probably two to three times a day. What problem is it solving for you? If somebody's listening to this going, I don't really use Purview, what problem is it solving for you? Well, someone says their house is worth, say, $600,000. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, this is a verification of something that's more reasonable. You know, you'll have someone say your house is worth six, but, you know, they saw a listing that the sign said six, but what, did it, really for six. Yeah. For? what right. did it really sell for? You know, maybe it sold for five. And like, that's a tool that I can use. Because one of the worst things you can have happen is say you're doing a refinance for a client and you don't have an accurate number of what the house is really worth and, right. and you're shooting in the dark and you need this really high limit number to make your numbers work, but you don't have anything substantial to know if you're even in the right ballpark. So right. Purview does that. Purview does that all the time for me. At right. least points me in the right direction. Again, that goes back to making it better for the borrower too. Because there's nothing worse than like, okay, we're good. We're, everything looks great, customer, Mr. Customer. And then, oh, crap, your appraisal came in 50K light. Now this whole, everything we wanted to do, none of it's going to work. And now you, the whole thing falls apart. And I haven't lost a deal due to value on refinance in years because right. I'm really careful about that. Right. That's really, really good. Okay. Next question. So in terms of like, you've been in our program now for three years, you've been working with us. And so what would you say has been your biggest takeaway from our program? Just being around other like-minded mortgage agents. How many of us are there in Canada? Like 10,000, 12,000? I don't know. It depends on who you ask. 10 to 20,000, but you know, it, somewhere in there. Exactly. And we're not all wired the same. And there's that old 80-20 rule where, you know, 80% of the business gets done by 20% of the people. And I want to be with that 20%. I want to be around those 20%. Mm -hmm. Even though I work for a really good brokerage, there's more to know than just the five, six top guys, top 10 guys in my company, knowing guys from across the country and what they do and the challenges they have. And you want to be with that group of guys that have similar volume and similar challenges and similar yeah. mindset. Like you, you just want to be part of that pack. 
Yeah. As Steve D always says, who's in your minivan, right? Like and one of the things we created these cohorts where now we've gone smaller groups or groups of five. And we like that you're able to like really go deep with people and help people out. So yeah, I think that you're right. The community is critical and yeah, I could go on about that for a lot, but I won't. Okay. So I'm going to ask some rapid fire questions now. So these you can ask for the shorter answers if you like. So what do you think is one thing that's holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Oh, not calling people enough. Would not probably, up the phone. Yeah, yeah, not picking up the phone. Thinking yeah, the phone is, you're just going to get the phone ringing for any particular reason. And, and that's not true. You, you need to initiate stuff. Right. And then what do you think, what's one habit that's made you successful? You know what? The oldest habit that I have, the old paper calendar that sits on my desk, the old day timer, I come in in the morning. The first thing I'll do is I'll scan the day's events. I'll see what's scheduled. I'll do a quick breeze through email just to write down the client names that I have to talk to and the realtors that I have to talk to. I won't even read the email. won't even read it. I'll just Mm -hmm. write it down, make a list. And then after I've done that, got focused again, talked to Jane, my assistant for a few minutes, then I'll go down that list and work my way through the day. That list doesn't end until the end of the day. But there's something about writing stuff down. And, and for me, anyways, even though you've gone way more tech, like you're like, you're yeah. talking about the tech stuff, Calendly and yep. door and digital, but you still use it as like your anchor reference point to keep you everything on track. You have to, because it's yeah. so easy to click off an email. I had a client two weeks ago. He sent me two concurrent emails. One again yesterday. I forgot to write his name down on the calendar. And Nick's like, hey, did you forget about me? And I'm like, damn, yes, I did. Because I did not relate his name. Yeah, it, it broke your process. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's where yeah. people fall through the cracks. So that's yeah. good. Okay, so do you have an internet resource software program other than Door? You talked about Door that you find that is, makes your business more successful? There's Lender Spotlight, the search engine tool. Gets you pointed in the right direction for rates and your deal and whatever we're going to do with that way. But Calendy, Calendy is amazing. The one that I like the most, and it's another pat on your back, the VIP emails. The VIP club is amazing. I spent an hour and a half this morning responding. A monthly email went out today with the question. And, mm-hmm. and it was a really generic question about, you know, do you have any questions I can help you out with? And I had at least 15 to 18 emails that I just answered over the course of the morning. Some of them wanted to know about what's happening in the future. Someone wanted to know about what's going to happen with rates. Someone wanted to know what their house value was. Right. So I pull up. You're having like conversations with your database on an ongoing basis that's being triggered by email. And these are clients that have been around for like, I didn't just do this mortgage. These are clients that I funded say two, three, sometimes four years ago that I'm touching again on a monthly basis. and And they're asking me the occasional question. And I didn't always answer the questions a lot, but this morning was a bit of a revelation in the fact that it's like, holy shit, I need to respond to every single one of these. Right. Which is why you need more help so that you can actually, because this is, that is actually business development, what you're doing there. That activity is business development, right? Like, yeah. Because when that VIP questionnaire thing goes out in say May, June, July. Yeah. You (laughs) you don't do it. No. I'm not doing it. But one or two things here, one, either you do it or eventually you train somebody to respond for you. So like, over time, you could have somebody who responds to a lot of those for you and it's still creating the same, somebody's nurturing it for you. And yeah. Okay. So if you could recommend one book for listeners, what would it be? And not a cookbook because uh, I know you're a chef. So not a cookbook. Not a cookbook. No, not a cookbook. I started reading Who Not How last week and, you know, 10 pages in, you're looking at the pages going, oh, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> so 
I haven't had a chance to get back to it, but I'll probably finish that book off in the next week. Yeah, I love that book. If you're listening to this, like that is a book you should go buy. And as a creative entrepreneur, it is like, you just like, oh my gosh, the whole world becomes possible because you're like, you're not thinking about how am I going to answer this or solve that? It's like, who? Right? Even back to the VIP thing, who can get back to my clients for me? Maybe you could train Jane. If she sees you do it enough times, like my wife's in her business, her assistant is so good at, she, she's doing the Instagram post. She's, my wife's like, oh my gosh, she's, like, she's basically running the whole thing. And cool. because she's trained her. So same thing, somebody else could be trained to do it. It's just a matter of like spending some time at it, right? So anyway, just a thought. All right, so last question, the DeLorean question. Remember the movie Back to the Future? And yeah. if I could put you in the car and send you back 17 years, you could sit down and you'd say, Brad, listen, Brad, listen to me, Brad, slap yourself around. What would be the three pieces of advice you'd give yourself if you were, you know, could go back and have that conversation? Read more books. I'm still, uh, the self-help books, not the cookbooks. Yeah. (laughs) I don't read enough self-help books. I've got probably way too many of them at home that are sitting on a shelf and I haven't read. Better networking. I should have bought more rental properties. Yeah. And I used to go to open houses every Sunday in my first 18 months and I stopped doing it. And I shouldn't have. I stopped doing it because I came across just a string of poor salespeople. Yeah. And I didn't see value in what I was doing. And if anyone's new out there, if you're having trouble getting a hold of realtors, if you don't know where to start and you know, no, you don't really have any direction, just drive around on a Sunday and talk to a realtor. You never know what'll happen. You never know. Exactly. And don't like, I guarantee you a lot of those people that you went and meet, I bet you a lot of them aren't even in the business anymore, if, especially if they weren't good salespeople. Yep. So, right. Like 17 years later, a lot of them are like, oh my gosh, this is like, so don't take it personally for sure. That's really good advice. Okay. So where can people find you online? Bradsmortgages.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All you have to do is type in Brad's mortgages and you'll get a page or two of me. Well, man, hey, thanks for spending some time with me today and sharing your story. And brother, when we can travel again, I definitely will be coming back out to Toronto and I want to hang out and go for Italian food. Italian food again. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. But thank you again for doing all this, Scott, because it, you don't realize the impact that you have on the people that you've taught over the last three years. You do. I know you do. But at the same time, where would we be? Maybe some of us would have been able to improve ourselves, but not to the degree that you've helped us out with. Right. Well, hey, thank you, man. And at the end of the day, I'm always going to say this. You did the work. You showed up. You kept showing up. And if you don't, because if you don't show up, it don't work. Right. So good on you for that, brother. 